Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. I'm going to preach out of Romans 12. Um, This is the Passion Translation. I really begin to start enjoying it, so if it looks a little odd to some of you Bible scholars. Um, uh, but the gospel starts a transformation. Peter heard the gospel that day on the boat. It's kind of interesting. Paul wrote this, but I'm talking about Peter because Paul also had a transformation, didn't he? But it was miraculous. Bow! Shot to the head from the Holy Ghost. Peter, I like Peter because Peter's transformation is a chronicle. Yes, it is. You know, and so in light of God's marvelous mercies, I encourage you to surrender yourselves to be his sacred living sacrifice and live in holiness. Experience all the delights his heart, that his heart has become for you. Boy, okay. You see what it says? My mouthpiece is a little discombobulated. I'm really excited to be up here today. I'm really excited to see some faces I haven't seen for a while. I'm really excited to see my church family. You guys mean so much to me. Uh, So much to me to come and see you all coming back. Because we all need this right now. Do Do we not need it right now? So when when you see the mercy of God. When you can look at your life and you can see God's mercy has shined down upon you, how can you help but not be grateful? How can you help but not stop doing some of the things? Uh, Brother Bear was telling me today, he says, you know, since I've been coming to church, I've been trying to be a better person. Hallelujah. Because that's what starts to happen. The things that you used to do, just, they just don't work anymore. You know, and then you start, start caring about other people. And he's been paying it forward. And it's getting paid back to him. And, it, and you know what that is? Empirical evidence. You know what? Empirical evidence is evidence like when you do an experiment. You do an experiment and you get either this result or that result. But you can see the evidence. So that informs you that this is either right or wrong. My life is empirical evidence. You can't tell me about my life. I know my life. I know when I'm walking with God, and I know when I'm not. And you know what the empirical evidence for my life is? When I'm walking with God, my life is better. It's not perfect, but it's better. My decisions are better. Things are better. You remember... I've been having a problem with my hip, right? I got arthritis in my hip. I walk a lot at work. And, man, I get done with, by the third day of work, I'm at a seven. Seven to to nine. Hard to sleep. 
I'm just, oh, it just hurts. I get off work and Maureen's laughing at me because I'm just trudging upstairs, dragging this dead. That's ridiculous. Because I know what I need to do to make this better. Last week I started doing that stuff. You know, me and the wife started riding bikes, started eating better, you know, started taking some supplements that are going to help me. You know what? Guess where my pain is today? Maybe a two. Lost a couple pounds, took a little weight. But, you know, empirical evidence of life tells you if I do this, this will be the result. I don't need anybody on TV telling me. I don't need pastor telling me. Because I know, because God speaks directly to our hearts and our minds and transforms our thinking. None of us are who we were 10 years ago, were we? None of us are, are, are doing those things. We, we're growing, but we're growing for a purpose. That's not our own, but it should be our own. Because if we embrace the purposes of God, the empirical evidence tells me that my life will be greater. I keep forgetting I got control of these slides. Um, God, I really like this verse too. Because this is so appropriate for what we're going on in our world today, right? And some of us, uh, of us forget, because over the last 30 years, the church has been co-opted, you know, by secularists and people that are, are trying to undermine. The devil's always at work, always at work, always at work. He's relentless, relentless. Don't, don't think it's strange what's going on. This is normal. This is ancient Rome jumping off in America today. Because we've got so much. It's so easy to be complacent. It's so easy to just... God is just one other thing we do. He's not the thing we do. He's just another part. Another slice. Right? I'm excited today because I know the Lord and I know he, he, He's working on me. For me. To do good in this world. Right? Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will and as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. A beautiful life, satisfying. I have a hard time managing myself. I'm serious. I'm a little nuts. I'm a little manic, and I've got addictions that have plagued me my whole life. And you know what happened? As God starts to transform my heart, I become less selfish, and I become more thoughtful about what I'm doing. I'm more self-aware. I'm aware of how I may be talking to people. I'm aware of how I'm taking care of my wife and interacting with her not taking it for granted that she loves me, that I, I want to always show her love and understanding because God shows me love and understanding. The things that, that we have to learn, like Peter, when he was, uh, Peter's biggest problem was fear. If you look at every time Peter had to be rebuked by Jesus, it was because his fear overtook him. When they were in the storm on the boat, don't you care? We're going to perish. What's going on? 
come on out to see me, Peter. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, I'm scared. He reaches out to the Lord, and the Lord catches him up. You know, when Christ was being crucified, Peter was scared of a slave girl. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't Caesar. It wasn't, you know, uh, soldiers. This was just a slave, slave girl saying, hey, aren't you one of those guys? Ah, no. What are you talking about? Right? Fear. Irrational. Peter's a leader, a soldier. I mean, he didn't have no trouble cutting off Malchus's ear. He was ready to fight. He thought he was ready to fight. Thought he was ready to fight. Sometimes we think we're ready. But God is consistently, constantly refining us. You know, constantly growing us. But we have to assist in that. Because the only way you show love is to love. I can tell you I love you, but if my behavior toward you is unloving, what's that telling you? That's the world. That's secular love. They talk about love like it's nothing. You know, hey, I love you, I love you. You know, I got some multi-millionaire superstar whatever telling me they love me. No, you don't. Cut me a check if you love me. You know, stop playing. You know, you can love me from far away. That's not love. You know, God loves us internally, in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls. He's there, and we have to connect with Him. We have to connect with Him. We have to do the work that it takes. There's nothing you can go out and do. You can't drive a car unless you take some lessons, right? There's so many things in life that we spend so much time learning and investing in so we can be good at it, right? Let's be good at the Christian life. You know, let's be good at the Christian life. It's work. I have to get up off my butt and study to show myself approved a workman unto God. Because I don't want to embarrass Pastor up here for giving me an opportunity. And I had many things to talk about and many things to say, but I keep him in my mind. Because this is his pulpit. I'm a guest. So I want to be approved. I want to say things that are going to encourage you today. Because it's just one more day and one more step. Because he's preparing us for something. Because that day might come when you might have to say, I will not renounce my Christianity for anyone. And we might have to suffer for it. Are you ready? I can say I'm ready, but I want to know I'm ready in my heart. I want to commune with the God of the universe that he has his hand on me. Last night I uh, stole my wife's cat. She doesn't know when, when she ain't around that cat loves me more. So <laughs> she wore a graveyard last night, so cat comes up and snuggling with me. It's like 12.30 at night, and I'm trying to get some Z's. And, but every time I took my hand off the cat, she's in my face. Hey, hey. So I got to go back. And I took my hand off, and she's like, hey. And it's really funny how my brain works, but I'm like, that's how I want God to be with me. Just put your hand on me so I can feel you, God. I want to snuggle up next to God and just, just hold me close. Because I don't want fear to overcome me. I don't want to fear. I don't want to worry. Because, you know, I'm a bit of a junkie when it comes to news and stuff. And I've just had to just back away. Because it's so confusing and it's so 
so much stuff out there and it's just, it's no good. I'm learning to back away from things that seem unspiritual to me. Um, oh man, I got so much, so much. Um, the gospel can transform your vision of yourself, right? When, when Jesus finally confronted Peter after the resurrection, because God, Jesus was on the shore, throw out your nets. So he threw out his nets, he's like, he saw, he said, that's Jesus, jumps out of the boat, takes off. You know, but he just asked him one question three times. Do you love me? And Peter was, there was no bravado. There was no, he just hung his head, Lord, you, you know everything. You know my heart. You tell me if I love you. You do love me, feed my sheep. You're a leader now. I can use you, Peter. I can use you now because you have dispersed all of this stuff that you had in you. You've gotten rid of it. And now you're a useful instrument. Isn't that wonderful? But to be useful, we have to see ourselves the way God sees us. Right? I say it, we're, people only rise to the level of your expectations. As a supervisor, as a leader in the military and stuff like that, you know, you have to set expectations for people so they can grow. Right? Because generally... For most of us, we just tend to kind of ease on through. Path of least resistance like water, right? God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. Instead, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as the standard of measurement. And then you will see your true value with an appropriate self-esteem. That's a mouthful. I mean, that is, that is a balancing act, right? You know, you're, uh, I feel really good about myself. It's funny, I know, Pastor, after I get done preaching, it's easy to fall into a bit of a, a, a depression. Uh, you know, so I have to be aware of that and what's going on. And, and we have to be aware of how we see ourselves, healthy healthy vision of yourself, you know, because when I got a healthy vision of myself, I realized that this is the things that keep me healthy, mentally, physically, emotionally, you know, I decided to stop crying about it, stop complaining about it, and do something about it. Do something about your Christianity today. Get deeper in with God. Get deeper in with your scripture. I always say, if you're not reading the scripture, man, you're like a one-legged stool. You know? Seriously. That's our map. That's the plan. God shows us the plan. But he, he wants to make sure that if we can't see ourselves properly, until Peter was able to see himself properly, was then he was able to go out and and on the day of Pentecost, have 3,000 people, you know, come to, come to Christ. He spoke the gospel with a, with a true sincerity and faith and vigor. And we're not talking about perfection here. 
Perfection is where we'll, what we'll meet in heaven. But the race is towards being most effective for God. You know, the race is to be effective for the people in your lives. You know, that's what this is all about. Changing lives. Because I just want one person a day. Just one person. That's all I was thinking when I was praying. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to. No, God, just maybe one person needs to hear this today. Maybe one person, is, their lives are going to be effectively changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's just one person. Each of us has a person that needs to hear about Jesus from us, that needs to see our lives, right? When they see our lives and, and all of a sudden they're like, hmm, something interesting, something different, something calm and peaceful about that person right there. Uh, hey, what's going on with your life? Why are you this way? Well, purpose. Your transformed life enters you into the purposes of God. Right? It transforms your role in the body of Christ. Right? For those of us that have been in church, that grew up in church, that work in church, like my father, that's what he did. That's what I do. Many of us that didn't sometimes don't understand how much work it is to keep things going. You know, we're not that massive church with a million dollar budget that gets to, you know, hire people full time to do all the stuff that we don't want to do. We got wonderful saints, wonderful saints. And for some of you younger people, I'm talking under 40. Think about it, because the, the, the people that are doing the lion's share of the work in this church are over 50, many over 60. You hear what I'm saying? We want to keep this place alive and thriving. We need to interject some new blood, some new understanding, some new energy from the Holy Spirit, because people need to hear the message of God. They need a place to come. And be loved and be understood. And know that there's a family here that, that can get to know them and still love them. That they don't have to go hide away in a corner somewhere. Because there's just a lot of lonely people in the world today. And with all the ways that we have to connect, why are we so lonely? Crazy, right? In the human body, there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so it is in the body of Christ, for though we are many, we've all been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we are all vitally joined to one another, with each contributing to the others. We're together in this, folks. We're together in this. If disputes arise... You know, things, we should be able to talk. Because first and foremost is Christ. And the Bible will tell you about everything that you need to know. It will. It will inform you about every decision you need to make in life. It will give you a blueprint. Because this world 
is set up to crush you. This world is set up to make you complacent. To have you sit on the sidelines. Sucking down all the things that are served up. Whether it's on TV or in the news. You know, be careful. I'm a little paranoid, conspiratorial, you know. As I get older, I see things and I'm always kind of going, hmm, that doesn't seem right. It's just like they say in the Bereans, you know, they went back and looked and made sure that what was being said to them was true. Right? Don't take my word for it. You get done here today, go home, crack open Romans 12 and say, oh, we're the body. You're my family. I love seeing you guys. Stephen came by the dealership the other day and talked to me, and I was thinking about him the day before, and it was just great to see him. Thank you for coming to see me. It's good to see you guys. Miss you. Seriously. You know, let's not be sad. We need to know each other so we can pray for each other, so we can lift each other up, and so we can all help each other along the road to our transformation. Don't stop. Don't get stagnant. COVID-19, sitting at home, has really stopped a lot of things. It's just stopped people in their tracks. I lost some traction spiritually. I did. You know, and I was at work, and work's been just going gangbusters, and I've only taken about three days off in a row one time, and... uh, all of a sudden, everybody's back at work. Procedures have changed. Everything's changed. This month, it slowed down. And there's just this funky energy there. And I was just, oh, everybody's complaining. Everybody's got anxiety. And I told, I said, I got to take some days off. So I took like a four-day week, and I said, I got to get away from here. They're sucking me. I felt, you ever, like, watch the drain? And I just felt like I was being sucked down the drain of despondency and despair. But I have a Savior. I have a God that has a plan for my life. He encourages me. He encourages me when I invest the time that I have for Him. And He informs me. He tells me, hey man, you're looking at the wrong stuff. There's still people out there that need to get saved. And you know what? I truly believe this as I go. So go those around me. As I go, so go those around me. My attitude, my understanding, you know, the people that God has placed in my purview. See, because God places people in your life. There's no randomness to what's going on in Christian's life. There's a plan. Invest yourself in the time that it takes to understand the plan. I ask God, God, give me a vision. Give me an understanding. Give me words. And I've gotten a chance. I got a chance to interact with a a, a guy I went to high school with. Really liked him. Nice personality, him and his brother. You know, and uh, he's kind of homeless. He, you know, uh, he's down around where Maureen works. So when I was picking her up this morning, you know, he, uh, you know, I went over and started talking to him a little bit. And he's an alcoholic addict, you know. He's probably a little drunk this morning, but we got talking a little bit, and he was telling me a story about some kid he saw that, that grew up next door to him, and he was encouraging this, this kid. And I grabbed him by the hand, I got up close to him, I said, now, with 
those same words you just encourage this kid with. Encourage yourself, my friend. Because the same thing you told him can apply in your life. And you don't have to be down. You don't have to not have a purpose in life. You don't have to say, I'm not good enough to come tell somebody else about the Lord. Right? Right? We can all tell somebody about the Lord. My life's not perfect, but I can deliver a perfect gospel. Right? Because it's one more day. One more step. Right? One more day. One more step. Because heaven's real. (laughs) Stop playing. Heaven's real. I believe it. That's where I want to go. I don't need heaven here on earth. The government cannot create a utopia for me. The government cannot solve all my problems. You know? And I'm not going to walk around hating people. I'm not going to walk around hating my life. I'm not going to walk around having people try to convince me I'm a victim. I'm an overcomer. The woman that bore me was a drug addict, alcoholic, prostitute. I was born a drug addicted. But God reached down and he intervened in my life. He, he brought me into a Christian family. So the counterbalance, all that craziness that was invested in me, and, and he just counterbalanced it with a Christian home, with a Christian man to mentor me, and a Christian mom. So as I got older, I knew I could see the good side. He planted that in me. Are you encouraged today? Act like it. Are you encouraged today? Is God, Jesus Christ your Savior? I'm encouraged. Because the battle lines are being drawn. We knew this was going to happen. What's going on in the world today? It's no illusion. It says in the Bible. You know, don't think it's strange when you hear wars, rumors of wars, all that stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, it transforms your Christian relationships. Right? Me and Maureen are coming up on, what, 11 years? Got it right. First five or six years were rough. They were rough, you know. We were just kind of getting to know each other, really. But you know what? She's my best friend. Love hanging out with her. I love her. You know, love being with her. But that only happened through the power of Jesus. It's changed my heart. Changed her heart. I trust her. Because of my issues, because of my past, because of the stuff that's gone on in my life. Very few women I trust. I trust her. I trust her with me. God trusted me with her. You know. Each one of you brings something to my life. Whether it's just a smile or a handshake. Very true. Each and every one of you brings something to my life that's positive and good. It gives me something more to care about than just myself. You know, when something's going on, you know, Carl's brother right now, let's pray for him. Pray for Carl. His heart's hurting. But he's strong in the Lord. And he's going to stay calm and he's going to stay focused because he needs to be there for his brother. Right? 
It's not about Carl now. It's about his brother. But his heart is, you know, his heart is tender. My heart's tender for him because I love him. He's my friend. We're all friends. If we're friends of God, we're friends of each other. We grow a place that is welcoming and encouraging and uplifting to all those around us. That's what we're called to. Go out. Go out. And be uh, fishers of men. So somebody else can start their transformation because they might have heard the gospel just from you. Be a useful instrument to the Lord. Don't let all this stuff going on in the world today get you all discombobulated and disconcerted and afraid and scared and worried because God has you. And if, if you die today or tomorrow, it's because God ordained it because he brought you to himself. He decided, hey, it's time for you to come hang out with me. Sad for all your family and friends, but I'm going to heaven. Don't weep for me. Just weep because you miss me, because you love me. And if you're in pain today, and you're in worry, and you got struggles, pray to God. And if you're still worried, grab a friend and pray with your friend. You know, be an encourager, not a discourager. The world is discouraging. The world doesn't have a solution for what's going on today. They don't. We know. <laughs> Their solutions are all over the place. Everybody's an expert. When everybody's an expert, guess what? Nobody's an expert. Right? Right? I'm loving today because my heart's tender today because I know Jesus loves me. And he has a plan for me, and I have a purpose in my life. I'm not just an ink spot on the middle of a map somewhere just wandering aimlessly until I fall off a cliff and I'm no more. That's absurd to me. I don't believe it. I'm not going to buy into it. We are purpose, purposefully built by the almighty creator of the universe. Period. Purposely built. And if you think you have no purpose, come talk to me. Come talk to me. Because I don't care how old you are, how young you are, how articulate you are, or whatever you are, somebody in this world needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ from your lips because it will be an assignment by the Almighty Lord of the universe for you to touch that person's life with the gospel of Jesus Christ so they too can be transformed into what God called us to be in the first place. We are the first fruits. The angels are jealous of us. You hear what I'm saying? The gospel transforms how we treat those that we don't like. You hear me today? We don't have a right to be sitting around hating people. We don't have a right to be racist, sexist, classist, whatever. We have a right to love everyone and honor them as a creation of the Almighty God. And when we do that, they cannot fight against us. You cannot tell me I hate you. You cannot tell me because I know I don't. And I won't argue with you if you think I do. Hey, whatever. It's all good. But this tells us never hold a grudge or try to get even, but plan your life around the noblest way to benefit others. 
Do your best to live as everybody's friend. Beloved, don't be obsessed with taking revenge, but leave that to God's righteous justice. For the scripture says, Vengeance is mine and I will repay, says the Lord. And if your enemy is hungry, buy him lunch. Win him over with kindness. For your surprising generosity will awaken his conscience and God will reward you with favor. Never let evil defeat you, but defeat evil with good. I practice this at work. I'm the den mother at work. I'm serious. I got pens, I got water, I got phone chargers, I got whatever these guys seem to need, I bring in, I buy water and bring it in, you know, and and it works. And it works. Be friend people. Pick out the angriest person you know and just start being nice to them. Oh, my God. I, I, I don't know if it's sinful to take pleasure in just annoying people with kindness, but hey, I think God might be okay with it. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Annoy them with your kindness, with your heart, with your generosity, with no expectation except that God's going to do something. I want to see the miracles of God transforms people's lives. Stop thinking about yourself all the time. That's what he said. Stop thinking about yourself. Don't be self-centered. Okay? The focus of Romans 12 just basically tells us to, number one, be living in holy Consecrate yourself to God. That means your behaviors, your thinking, all that stuff. You know, just... God be okay with me doing this over here? Hmm, probably not. Okay, I'll stop doing that. You know, it, it's pretty simple. And it's not. It's simple. It's not easy because we all got habits, right? It's simple. It's not easy. So I'm not standing up here telling you it's simple because trust me, I'm struggling. But one more day and one more step. You know, as He grows me, and I continue to just stay focused on the purpose of why he built me. I don't know why I'm up here. It's a privilege and an honor that God has bestowed upon me. I don't know why y'all listen to me. It's got to be God, because the devil ain't me. But, you know, I got to accept that as my role in this life, to touch your lives with the gospel of Jesus Christ and encourage you today that Jesus loves you, he's got a plan for you, he's looking out for you, he understands you, and he knows you. Be thankful. And be thankful to everybody else. You don't have to have a bad day. You don't have to be sad. Yesterday I went to work on my day off. I haven't sold a car in over a week. And I got there early. Hour, I was going to get that first appointment. I got an appointment supposed to come in at noon. They didn't come in until 2. Came in at 2. Lady wanted to hook her trailer up to this particular vehicle so she could see how it worked. Hooked the trailer up, went on a nice long test drive, come back and car's $18,000. She says, well, my budget's fifteen. Thank you, God, for the opportunity. And I went home and got on my bike and started studying. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. I don't have to be upset. God's going to still take care of me. He's been doing a good job of it. I have empirical evidence that he's been taking care of me. So I don't have to worry. He, why would he stop now? Why would he stop now? 
All right. Pastor's looking at me. So I kind of ripped through that fast. But you understand what I'm saying? Transform your life. Transform your life because we're supposed to. You know, we're supposed to. Uh, let me pray you out of here real quick. And I wait. We got worship. Got a couple songs for you guys. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this uh, opportunity to expound on your word, Lord God, to encourage the flock, Heavenly Father, to, to strengthen the bonds that tie us together, Heavenly Father. I hope your, your words sink deep into the heart of those that receive it, Lord God, and that you will create greater miracles and transform hearts, minds, and souls. In Jesus' name.